0: Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. Welcome back. I'm Brian, and this is my Bible study podcast. We're working through the books of Ecclesiastes and Philippians, and we're seeking to tackle some of the tough questions that the authors of these books start to unpack. What is the meaning of everything we do in this life, and where should we place our identity? This is episode 9 of the mini-series, which is titled a mini-series not because of the number of episodes, but because these episodes are shorter than most of my other series. Today we're back in the book of Philippians, covering Philippians 1, verses 12-18. through While this entire series is about identity, each week seems to uncover a sub-theme to that. And this week the sub-theme is about pleasure-seeking under the sun versus contentment and joy in Christ. Monday's episode on Ecclesiastes reminded us that no matter what pleasures we seek in this world, if our identity isn't founded in God, then those pleasures will be fleeting. They'll be bringers of a cheap, knockoff version of joy that will never last. Today's episode points to Paul's joy and contentment during even the most traumatic of circumstances, and he can have that contentment and joy because he keeps a godly perspective. An outlook firmly founded by an identity in Christ. And because of this, he is able to rejoice in the name of Jesus being proclaimed, whatever the personal sacrifice that comes with that for him. I pray that as we read this passage, we can be grounded by an identity in Christ that produces joy independent of our personal circumstances. An identity that creates contentment even in the face of contempt. An identity that finds joy at the name of Jesus and does not require anything else. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Philippians 1.12 So this passage starts with Paul addressing his brothers and sisters at the church of Philippi about what has happened to him. So what exactly is that thing that's happened to him? Well, he is currently writing from a prison cell in the heart of Rome. Imprisoned not because he was a thief or a murderer or a terrorist, but because he was an evangelist for the advancement of the gospel. And Paul is writing to them to say that even though he has been thrown into a Roman prison cell, he is actually rejoicing because the gospel continues to advance in spite of all of this. Paul is content in the midst of harsh circumstances because God is being glorified and because Christ is being preached throughout those circumstances. We'll read in this passage that Paul is still able to preach the message of Christ and the cross. We'll read in this passage that other Christians have been more and more confident to preach the word of God as well. We'll read that even Paul's detractors, who might be selfish, ambitious, or just gossips, even those people, they're spreading the message of Jesus, directly or indirectly. We'll see that this passage is bracketed by joy. Not joy in worldly comforts, possessions, and pleasures, but joy in God's glory and joy in Christ's name being proclaimed. Notice that the gospel is spreading despite persecution. Around the world today, in places where Christians are being persecuted, God is working to spread the gospel even more vigorously. In places where Christians are comfortable and accommodated, the message of the gospel can get muddied and mixed in. Worldly pleasures and prosperity. Like it's human nature. If we don't stay focused by an identity in Christ, then we can risk falling victim to an identity crisis where we are trying to balance multiple identities. Now, I'm not advocating for any sort of persecution, I'm just making an observation of fact about the spread of the gospel and human nature. The point is to be aware of our identity crisis tendencies so that if we ever find ourselves in that position, we're able to course correct. It is about prioritizing and refocusing where we look for our source for joy. Is it on a worldly pleasures and worldly fears, or is it on Jesus? As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Philippians chapter 1 verse 13. Some translations here might say palace guard, some say imperial guard, some praetorian guard. Here, Paul is not referencing specifically being imprisoned in the imperial palace at the capital of Rome, you know, like below Caesar. But he's mentioning that he's being held in a prison by an elite group of Roman guards. He could have been in a palace, or in a state house, or in a separate prison for political dissidents. That's not really clear here. What is clear is that there weren't conscripted Roman regular troops that were guarding him. These were elite Roman guard citizens with undivided loyalty to the emperor who were hearing the gospel every day at every opportunity thanks to Paul. These people were seeing Paul's joy and confidence in Jesus. People who were witnesses to Paul's confident identity in Christ. And as we'll read next week about some of the original members of the church at Philippi, God had already used Paul's confidence in Christ while in prison to transform at least one prison guard's life. For sure, Paul was sharing the gospel with every prison guard, every cellmate, and every visitor that he was given the opportunity to share the gospel with. Matt Chandler says that for the cause of Christ, Paul appears ready and willing to trade in many of the things that we hold sacred every day. So again, this stems from his identity. Because of Paul's identity, he was able to confidently stay focused on the mission, to glorify God and to take the message of Christ to the lost. I pray that we would all have identities that could confidently keep us focused on that same mission. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Philippians 1.14 It's amazing here because not only do we read that Paul can rejoice during his imprisonment and that the imperial guards are hearing the gospel because of the position that God had put Paul in, But even beyond all of that, we now read that Paul's confidence in prison has increased the confidence of those Christians out of prison, the ones who are now daring to more boldly speak God's message, the gospel, more fearlessly. Paul is content in his circumstances because Christ is still being preached, and others are more empowered to talk about Jesus because they see that even when they are thrown in prison, they could still be content and rejoice in the advancement of the gospel. They can see that in Paul. This contentment and joy breeds even more contentment and joy in Paul because of them. It's this amazing upward spiral. The more someone finds joy from their identity in Christ, the more people around them can feel and see that, and usually that joy becomes contagious. I can tell you I have personally experienced this, and as I have grown and been discipled by some amazing people that God's put in my life, the more and more that I see them find confidence and joy in Christ, the more empowered I am to confidently go forth joyously for Christ. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. So here we get an interesting acknowledgement that the motives behind everyone speaking the name of Jesus, everyone preaching Christ crucified, they weren't always the most noble motives. Who exactly Paul is referring to here, I don't think we fully know. It could be Judaizers who wanted Christians to adhere more strictly to the Old Covenant laws. It could be that people were talking negatively about Paul, you know, maybe gossiping about Paul and his message about Jesus, you know, indirectly preaching Christ. Or it could be the more straightforward answer that some people were trying to take advantage of Paul's imprisonment, and they were trying to preach Jesus for selfish desires, to gain popularity, to gain support, and maybe to gain some coin. For sure, there were some of that last group going on. And that doesn't detract Paul at all, which is surprising. He doesn't even miss a beat. Adeyemo notes that wherever there is a true messenger of God, there are those who listen and cooperate with him, and others who want to stir up trouble. I will say that if people are calling you crazy or stirring up trouble because you are sharing the gospel, you know what? They listened to you long enough to know what you were talking about in the first place. And that's not nothing. Paul's joy was not diminished at all by any of these jealous or ambitious detractors. As long as Christ was being preached, he didn't care. You know, his haters didn't affect his identity, and they didn't hinder the gospel's advancement, so Paul was content and even rejoicing over it. If Paul had a social media account, he might say that every negative comment or share of his original post about Jesus just served to increase the number of people that heard about Jesus. Francis Chan and Tony Marita note that this passage is a reminder to us to love Christ's glory more than our own. Because again, Paul's perspective was on point, and it made a major positive impact on his outlook and his attitude. Find your identity in Christ. Rejoice over his name above our own name. And that's hard for us at times. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Philippians 1.18 So if there was any question up to this point about the reason that Paul is rejoicing, he makes it plain here in verse 18. Paul is rejoicing while in prison because even through that, Christ is being proclaimed to the world. Okay, so here's a big takeaway from this episode, and I'm kind of stealing this headline from Adeyemo. The gospel was not confined because Paul was confined. Jesus was bigger than Paul's prison cell. This might be worth paraphrasing during this time of quarantine and isolation. Jesus is bigger than your house. Read Philippians chapter 1 verses 12 through 18. The gospel was not confined and limited because Paul was confined to a Roman prison cell and limited in who he interacted with. The gospel today is not limited by our own limited interactions. Our God is bigger than that and he is working all things for his glory. So throughout this passage, we're reminded of Paul's imprisonment. We're reminded that people were speaking against Paul and against Jesus and were imprisoning Christians. And we're reminded that some people were only preaching Christ's name out of prideful ambition. But that's not what this passage is going to be about. So remember that this passage is bracketed by joy. The point of this passage is that Paul can rejoice in just hearing the name of Jesus, because that is where his identity is. For Paul, that's enough. Jesus' name spoken is enough. So the application question for you and for I this episode is, is that true for us? Is Jesus alone enough to cause us to rejoice? Does thinking about, praying about, talking about who Jesus is and what he has done provide you with joy and contentment? And then, if that's not always the case, in what areas do we allow the world around us to steal that joy from us? Paul's confidence, his contentment, and his rejoicing in Christ stems from an identity founded in Christ. So how does this differ from the last episode? From Solomon's experiments to find confidence, contentment, and joy through worldly pleasures and identities in worldly things. So listen to Solomon at the end of that passage. So Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verses 10 and 11. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. So now listen to Paul from a Roman prison cell in Philippians 1.18. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. So it's night and day, right? The difference is an identity focused on Jesus and not on this world. And that makes all of the difference. Thanks for listening. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses are from the New International Version, the NIV Bible Translation, copyright 2011 by Biblica Inc. Next week, we're going to talk about work, wisdom, despair, and laying that all down in submission to Christ. Next episode, we'll be back in the book of Ecclesiastes to finish out chapter 2. Until next time, I love y'all.